Blog Talk Radio. Those who 
lived way back in Africa. Not to say that we're all kings and queens today or that we're all descendants of them, but to let you know that we were once them. And it is something to take pride in, and I hope you do too, just as it was espoused in the song, We Are the Original Man. That means everything after is some type of copy. Think about that for a minute. Well, welcome to another edition of Our Own Voices Live. I am your host in the air chair, Rodney Smith. My homegirl, Mrs. Angela Thomas, is out doing her thing down in Cali. I was down there last week in Little Tokyo for a production that was put on about Bronze Town and Little Tokyo. I wonder how many of you know that, but Little Tokyo used to be the black center of L.A. We may get a chance to talk about that a little bit later in the show, and if not today, it is already scheduled for next week because I had a great time down there, and I want to share it with all of you. Today we have another hot topic that we're going to try to bring to you. So the title of our show today is Back to Eden, a business focusing on relationships and dating in the 21st Century. And we do have a guest on the show today. It is the one and only Ms. Mary Anderson, a dating coach and owner of Back to Eden. She will be on shortly. And before I do get to Mary Anderson, let me tell you a little bit more about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live is a radio show coming to you every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. That would be 3.30 p.m. for all of my East Coast listeners. You know who rocked the most. Well, I'm from the East Coast, so I'm supposed to say the East Coast, but I live on what some people call the West Coast. Actually, it's in Nevada, one state over. But we share a time zone, so when they say who rocked the most, now I have to caveat with East and West Coast. So there you go. So thank you all for taking your time out of your day to join us. Uh, our own voice, you know, tell a friend, call them, because we got a hot show today. We're talking about dating. We're talking about courting. Did you know that there's a difference? between dating and courting. If we get a chance, we'll get into that as well. Uh, Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its culture diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the cultural and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. And the way that we do it is with shows like Our Own Voices Live. Of course, we have Brother Levon that comes on broadcasting from Beemore on the East Coast every Saturday at 11 a.m. We have Mrs. Angela Thomas bringing us some pop culture and music on Thursdays at 6.30 p.m., that is West Coast time. And then, of course, we have Brother Thomas Ferry bringing it to you straight and hard from someplace in the Twin Cities. I believe it's in his basement, but I'm not sure. And that brother has rant radio, and the brother gets his rant on. Well, today we're going to talk about something that hopefully is near and dear to all of you because one way or the other, it has something to do with each one of us being here, and that's dating, courting, you could say relationship in general. That's right, relationship in general. So we're going to delve into that and see what is it and what does it mean to you. 
I mean, then we're going to do something. We're going to go with some hot topics. That's why we're going to do a little something different today. We're going to break sort of away from our normal mode. You know, there's a lot of heavy things going on in the community today. You know, we just had a, another man who was, who was shot uh, and killed, uh, shot in the head, some people say the face, by a police officer in Cincinnati. Uh, the gentleman was pulled over for a traffic citation, not having front tags. Wasn't that he didn't have tags at all, but he didn't have the front tags on, front license plate. He did have it in his car. It was in his glove compartment. But ultimately, that altercation within a matter of minutes, that, that stop, which should have been, if it was actually, actually even a stop, something very minor on his way. But ultimately, it led to that individual having his life taken away at the hands of law enforcement. And it's another one. That's right, it's another one. They keep adding up. You know, if I look at the scales of justice, I see it's kind of heavy on our side, but not for the good reason, though, because it seems like we're getting more law enforcement than protection. And we're going to maybe get into that a little bit later on in the show. For sure we'll do that tomorrow because we have some investigative reporting down at the location where Miss Sandra Bland lost her life. And it's like every week we have another one to talk about. But some folks are rightly talking about some heavy stuff. You know, lighten it up a little bit, brother. There's other stuff going on in the world. And you're absolutely right. So today, we're going to bring it to you a little lighter. Well, maybe to some, to others, it might be just as heavy. Because dating is no joke. Courting is no joke. If you look at our marriage statistics, you'll find that, no, that's nothing to be laughing and joking about either. Some people might even be able to stretch it and say possibly. One of the reasons why we have some of the issues within our own community is because maybe more of us aren't dating, maybe more of us aren't marrying, and we're not there for our children in the way that we could be to teach them the things that they need to know, uh, teach them how to respond when they're stopped by a a police officer, teach them how to respond to one another? Are we teaching our little boys and our little girls about relationships one to another as little boys and little girls, but also themselves when they grow up in adult-type relationships? What are we showing them? Because after all, we are, we are the most important teacher that they will ever have. And they oftentimes learn not through what we say, but through what we do. What are we doing? Because if we use our children as a reflection of us, how good do we look to ourselves? Think about that. So once again, you're listening to Our Own Voices Live, Our Own Voices Live, 1230 to 2 p.m. when we got plenty to talk about. I think we have plenty to talk about today, but we will see. And I hope that you'll take the time to give us a call at area code 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600, because I would like to know what you all have to say about our topic today. And also, we're going to have two hot topics. And I found these hot topics with the Back to Eden folks, and they're getting it on hot and heavy in there. So you may want to join the fun, but we're going to, 
talk about that here and, and uh, give you some information about the Facebook page in a few minutes. But we, yeah, we want to hear about you. What do you think about dating? And let me tell you what two of those hot topics are right now in Back to Eden. And they're talking about a date, dating revolution, y'all. Well, where do we start that? I say it starts with us. It always starts with the one you see in the mirror. So one of those hot topics is about doing the same thing while dating but expecting different results is a vicious cycle. And this is posted on the page. What qualities do you have that if you worked on them, you would have a better dating life slash relationship slash marriage? That's a deep one. That's a heavy one. So you all think about that. Percolate. Let that marinate for a minute. In other words, you've been in relationships, but you're single. Is there something that you should be doing different? something that you should consider doing different. And then, of course, there's, well, well, we'll get into some other hot topics, but that's just to kind of wet your whistle a little bit, to get you, to bring you in, so to speak. Well, of course, I did say we had a special guest today, and she's the owner and coach from Back to Eden. Uh, and Back to Eden is made up of a community of people who are interested in dating and events for dating. B2E, as it's affectionately known, is a business that welcomes all faiths and non-faiths and encourages people to share opinions in a constructive, non-condescending, and non-argumentative way. In other words, let's be adults. Let's talk about this thing. The purpose of the group is to learn, discuss, connect, participate, and enjoy a healthy life of dating as defined in the dating evolution. And they have a mission statement, too, and it goes, our mission is to redefine dating as we know it, provide offline social spaces to meet other community members, and have fun. I'm all about the fun, y'all. But you know what? As much fun as I have, and I have a great time with me, but there's nothing like when you're with somebody else. How about you? And, of course, even on the show today, since my homegirl, Mrs. Angela, can't be with us, that's okay. She'll be back next week. So let me bring on our first guest and chat a little bit. Welcome to Our Voices Live, Sister Mary. Well, thank you for having me, uh, Mr. Smith, and I appreciate you selecting Back to Eden. Well, you know, relationships is what make the world go round. Without them, None of us will be here, and no one will be here tomorrow if we don't improve our relationships, how we relate, communicate, associate with other folks. So I thought it was an important topic. It's something I actually have been wanting to do for a while. I did look at the post this morning, and that's when I was like, we have to do this. So you thanking me, but thank you for being so gracious to take time out of your also busy schedule to sit down and chat with myself and our listening audience, and we have listeners all across the country, actually, and even a few international listeners down in Brazil. even has some brothers listening to us from the motherland. So uh, that gives you an idea of our audience. It's roughly about 100,000, and uh, I want them to know what's going on and back to Eden. So I gave the textbook, the kind of scripted 
example of why Back to Eden is. Why don't you share with our listeners what Back to Eden is with you and how you came up not only with the name but the concept. Sure. Um, Back to Eden, it actually is something that I started to do as a on a part-time basis, and it just happened by coincidence. Uh, about four years ago, I had um, did a dating auction where I was raising money for a nonprofit organization, and so I brought together about 12 single individuals to be auctioned off for dates to raise funding for this nonprofit. And during that process, what happened is that a lot of people were so astonished with the the quality of single people who were in the room. Where did you find, you know, six single men with great careers, their head on their shoulders, you know, who were looking to be in relationship? And where could I where could where did I find six single women who, you know, equally had their head on their shoulders, had great careers, you know, in all different types of careers who were single and who wanted to date. And so People started to come to me and say, I would like to know where you found these people because I live in the same city, but I never run across even one or two people of the type of people that were in your auction. So as a result of that, I began to host events, and then I began to actually help other people with type of services that they needed to find those type of matches. Um I've been very blessed because a lot of people have connected, you know, and they've been in relationships three and four years. Some people maybe they've just made those connections, whatever the case may be. And that essentially is what started Back to Eating. And the more I thought about it, um, I said I wanted to, to develop it into something more. I wanted to, to make it something where um, we could connect up because I saw a real need, and as people began to come to me, they – begin to share their personal stories about what they had experienced in relationships. And, you know, some of it, and I found a lot of it, predominantly came from women, and particularly African-American women, saying, I can't find a date, I'm single, or, you know, I haven't been on a date in so many years. And so technically that is my target market, even though I deal with, you know, a gamut of people, but specifically I started this for African-American women to talk about the dating process and so, uh, and actually redefine dating and what it is. And so the dating evolution is basically saying we're going to take dating and make it into something evolutionary. Before, you know, we could only define dating as one simple thing. So what I'm doing with the dating evolution is redefining dating and what that looks like. So I hope that answers your question. Redefining dating. Wow. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so redefining dating. Typically, when people think of dating, it's they think of going out to the movies, going out for dinner, and... Um, that's going on a date. Typically, the man asks to go out on the date. Typically, the date is usually in the evening maybe. And so it's been very scripted. And when I did, I did do some research and some surveys. And one of the things the that I found, oh, I'm sorry? I said it sounds like you're trying to flip the script. Well, some may say I'm trying to flip, flip the, the script, but I think, 
I don't think I'm necessarily trying to flip the script. I'm really trying to look at the script and say, does it have to be a script, really? Should it be A, B, C equals, you know, X, Y, Z? Or should it be I can add, put together my own formula because I know me better than anyone else to get to happiness? And so that's what I've done. I don't want to flip the script. I don't want women going out there and saying, "Hey, I have to be a man." I don't. I don't agree with that. You can be yourself. You know, I don't want um, men thinking that women should be the ones to come to them, coming to them all the time and asking them out on a date. I don't want that. But I do say, let's take a look at ourselves first. That's the first phase of the dating evolution. Let's look at ourselves and know who we are, know what we want and know more about us. I believe when you start dating, whether you're a teenager or an, or on up, you should be able to take advantage of the dating evolution and teach your children what this means. And so when you go out on dates, most of us have never been taught how to date. We've never been prepared for dating. We're just told you take a girl out for dinner, you treat her nice, you open up the doors for her, you open up the car doors, you pay for the date, you know, you're supposed to get this meal, and then that's a date pretty much, right? That's about it. So, but what about some of the other things about yourself? You know, I always say this within the group, before you go to a school or a college or send your child to a school, how much research do you put into that school? Before you purchase a home, do you find out about the crime rate? Do you go into the neighborhood to see what type of neighborhood it is? Do you go and find out what type of school system they have? Do you find out what their walkability score is? You know, Do you look in that neighborhood to see what type of grocery stores and how far it is from your house? We put all this research into purchasing a car, our college education. We also look into, you know, school. We'll even look into jobs and research what type of company we have. But the one important decision that is so important to us, spending the rest of our life with somebody, we take little time to put research, evaluation, and time invested into who we're going to be with. And that really has to start with yourself. You have to know what you like. How many times, you know, and I said this today, have you gone to the store and, Brother Rodney, have you picked out a suit and you thought, ooh, I like that suit because it looked good on the mannequin, right? That's right. But as, as soon as you go home, you try it on, it didn't fit you properly. And that's what we do when we're dating. A lot of times we're looking out and we see what the media tells us. We see what the TV tells us. We see the images that are out there. We have this picture that's painted in our minds about what dating should be like based upon what the media has taught us, not based upon our own character, not based upon our own personalities. And so we idealize with what the media has taught us, and then we begin to act out those things. And that's to me, is one of the biggest reasons why relationships are not working. We have not looked into this for ourselves. And so I, what I do with the dating evolution is I say take a step back and let's start with casually dating. And let's start, before you casually date, understanding who you are and understanding what you want. And then after you have a dating plan and you've come up with all these things, then let's talk about getting into you can date more but a different type of dating. So there's casual dating, there's committed dating, 
There is uh, courtship type of dating, and then there's marriage dating because people seem to forget about that. Once you're married, you should still continue to date. So there's a number of different types of dating, but for some reason we seem to lump everything into one category. Oh, I'm dating this person. What exactly does that mean? How do you define that? What is your plan? Well, Sister Mary, since you asked the question, why don't you answer that for those folks out there? Break down those different types of dating uh, categories that you mentioned. (laughs) Sure. So casual dating. Casual dating, basically, it really is saying that you're dating for a purpose. And that purpose is left up to the person who is dating. But you're casually dating people, getting to know them, and most importantly, getting to know yourself. You know, what do you like? You may say you like, uh, you know, one of the things I've always, you know, that I shared is that I said I liked alpha men. But what I really found out is that I really didn't like alpha men, um, that I really liked certain qualities about men, and so I stopped asking men if they were alpha men because once I would ask that question and go out on a date with them, <laughs> then they would demonstrate something that I really didn't care for, you know, now, according now, to Sister the... Mary, Sister <laughs> Mary, <laughs> yes. I, I just want to back up a minute because I, I want to know, I'm that inquiring mind that wants to know, did a sister really go out and say, brother, are you an alpha male? Well, you know, in conversation, yes, I did. I mean, I, I didn't say it like that, but uh, you know, the typical question and the typical behavior of when you're dating is the first thing a lot of people like to do, which I kind of discourage, and it's kind of controversial. But I kind of discourage to get away from saying what you want and what you need in a relationship, and just kind of like taking the time to get to know the person. But I did that, and that's one of the things I had to correct. I went out there and I said, I'm looking for an alpha male. You know, people would say, oh, what are you looking for? I'm looking for a man who's an alpha male who knows how to do X, Y, Z. And then all of a sudden what ended up happening, men began to act out what they felt was an alpha male. And really, like a lot of people say in the group, back to Eden on Facebook, they would say they don't want the representative. You want the real person to show up. So I stopped saying I wanted an alpha male. But I couldn't figure that out until I was out there and I had I was able to test that out. And so I stopped saying that and I stopped talking about what I wanted in a relationship and I took the time to get to know a person and just enjoy them for who they were is what I started to do. Okay, so casual dating is sort of defined by the people dating. It's their purpose. But you also mentioned some other type of dating. One included... Um, you know, you're dating, I guess, for marriage, or you keep, keep breaking those different dating categories down. Sure. Okay. So a key thing to remember about casual dating, which is very hard, and we can come back to it, is that a lot of times when you're casually dating, you're dating more than one person, and that's very hard for women to grasp because of the perception that's out there. But I'm going to leave that alone, and I'm going to move on to committed dating, okay? Okay. Mm -hmm. Committed dating is when it's two people, they're committed to each other, and they're saying, I want to be in this committed relationship to see how things work. Or some people, that's all they want is a committed relationship. Not everybody wants marriage. So that's what committed dating is. 
you're exclusively dating one other person, nobody else, and some of those things that I talked about that you should be practicing and getting to know, that is, you know, actually put into action at this point. And so when you move from committed dating, you can go into courtship. Now, courtship, it's interesting because I believe personally that courtship is very successful. However, the time that we live in, it is very difficult. And the reason why I say that is because my grandparents, they went through courtship. And courtship is different because you have, from what it traditionally used to be, your family was involved in courtship. So courtship basically meant that there was a male who was a a suitor who wanted to have, you know, say, take me out. And the whole purpose of courtship is marriage. If you're courting somebody, you go and you're asking for their hand in marriage, and you don't just involve the person, but you involve the family. Now, a lot of people say that they believe in courtship, but when it all boils down to it, they don't because they don't want to involve their family in the decision-making process. And so let me give you an example. For my grandparents, when it boiled down to it, my grandfather went to uh, my grandfather, my my great-grandfather on my grandmother's side, and he asked to for permission to court my grandmother. And so, and there was another suitor that my grandmother had. And they both went and asked for permission from my grandmother to court, my grandfather to court him. And one of them, my grandmother told me the story that was really, really nice looking, very handsome guy. The other person, he was just the average guy, average looking guy, but he was very nice. My grandfather made the decision on who my grandmother would date. And that's the difference with the traditional type of courtship that used to go on. And so my my great-grandfather made a decision that my grandmother would court my, my grandfather, Cosby Powell, and they got married. And they remained married until death did them part. So that's courtship. Now, in today's society, a lot of people say they want to court, and their whole idea behind courtship is just to get married. They don't want to date. They want courtship. They don't want their family to be involved necessarily, but they want to date only with the idea that we're going to get married. Surprisingly, it's mostly women who want courtship in today's society. Now, the whole thing of marriage, that's the other part of dating. Once you get married... It's very important to maintain that relationship and to continue on in that relationship the same way that you acted prior to getting married. My mother used to tell me the same way that it took to get this man is the same way that it will take to keep him. So if you started off dating... (laughs) So if you started off dating... You know, in your your marriage and you were buying her roses and she was telling you sweet nothings and she was making you lunch, you know, and uh, surprising you with different things, then that's the same type of thing that you want to do once you get into your marriage and you want to continue to date. So there you have it. There's four different categories that Back to Eden recognizes as ways of dating in those four well, categories. 
for. I'm gonna tell you the what, what got my attention was that fixing a meal for a brother. I like that. You, hey, <laughs> nothing says love like a, a little home cooking. I well, agree. Well, you know, let, but let's let's go into this a little further. And for those of you who are listening, you listen to Sister Mary Anderson with Back to Eden, and we're talking about uh, relationships, and we're going to get to a couple of the, the hot topics that were on the Facebook page that she's given us right currently an, an overview of Back to Eden, and she just broke down that dating, you know, there's like four different types of dating. And what type of dating do you want? Do you know what type of dating? Uh, you want because first you have to know that there are the multiple types, right? And Sister Mary, just give them the different, the four different categories of dating, just to, as a refresher. Sure. There's casual dating. There is committed dating. There is courtship dating, and then there is marriage dating. So those are the four categories. Okay. All right. So so we so there you have it. I hope you all wrote those down. But there's four types. Which one? Do you want And if you are currently dating Which one are you in And is the one that you're currently in Actually the one that you want Because maybe Just maybe You're in the wrong type of dating relationship And maybe you've been in the wrong type of dating relationship That's why you're continually dating Now it could be that you just want to date But if you're looking for Something Maybe that marriage thing, but you're in the wrong category, maybe that's why you keep missing the mark because you're going down the wrong road. You need to be, make that right turn up there and get on the right right path. So, you know, Sister Mary, that's, that's very interesting to, to break it down like that. Now, when I was growing up, my grandmother talked to me about court. That's what it was about. Mm-hmm. I do – I know I'm, I may be putting you on the spot here, but we, when we talk to people, casually talk to our friends, oftentimes they say things that may not necessarily be true. And I've heard many women, and, you, you know, you could flip it and say men when they're there, and they'll say, well, there's no, oh, I'll use men. Well, there's no, there's no women here. I'm going to go to such and such. But then the interesting thing, I know a few people across the country. When I talk to the brothers there, they'll say, well, there's no women here either. And I'm going to go to Las Vegas, where the brothers from Las Vegas are saying they're going to Bud Tussle or wherever. <laughs> so that kind of tells me that maybe our perception might not be the reality or we're making our perception our reality. What's some of the myths since you've been into this business that maybe you've run across and that you can debunk for us now? And if there's no myths that you've run across that you could debunk, maybe just some of, if you could share some of the reasons from both genders, male, female, reasons why either they're not dating, you know, some people drop out of the dating set, uh, reasons why they're not dating or why their dates haven't been successful. You know, that's a great question, Rodney, and I'm going to tell you the greatest myth, in my opinion, and from my experience and from what I've witnessed and from what I see within our group, what I've experienced, you know, from dealing with the different events that I've done and the uh, coaching, is it all boils down to one 
simple, simple thing. And people may not like it, but I'm going to say it. We are a selfish generation. Oh, wow. We are selfish. That's what it all boils down to. Duck and cover. (laughs) We are so selfish. People do not want to put in the time. And, you know, the biggest myth is that it's about the other person. But it took somebody to choose that other person who wasn't right. That's yourself. The biggest myth is that there are no people out there to date. Well, what have you done to find people to date? And nine times out of ten, it's nothing. People will say, you know, this other person was wrong. But what part did you play in being wrong? Because it takes two to tango. And it's not saying that any specific party is wrong, but relationships and what I've always seen about relationships that are successful versus relationships that are not are those who stick through the hard times. Oh, wow. Yes. And now you're getting people... controversial. <laughs> just want you to know, you, you're walking on some hot coals right now, so I don't know if you feel it on the bottom of your, the soles of your feet yet. But when you say things like that, people are like, who is this? This must be an old woman on the phone. So we you talking about stand by your man? What's going on here, Sister Mary? Well, you know, I strongly believe in that, that um, when it all boils down to it, that you have to stick through it. You ha- it's a decision. People say they want to be in love, they want relationships, but they don't want what it takes to build that relationship. They don't want to look at themselves and see what they add or what they take away, you know, to a relationship. And so that's why I say we're selfish people. And so until we start looking at ourselves first, which is the reason why Back to Eden says the first phase of dating is looking at yourself. And so okay. when I – oh, so go ahead. On. I'm sorry. Hold on, Sister Mary. Mm-hmm. So you, you, cause you, you just gave him, a, you gave him a whole side of a, a cow right there to, to chew on. And uh, <laughs> don't, I don't want them people to be choking on the show. I've, I've had these listeners for a long time. I'm I'm trying to get them to, that's why you want, I'm trying to get them to date so they can multiply so I can get some more listeners. That's my <laughs> new strategy on listeners. So, uh, but you did say some things that I, I think m- maybe bears repeating. And you said that part of, well, of, of the many things you said is it is us uh, where you said that we're somewhat selfish. And uh, can, can you break that down? And, and you mentioned a little bit, but can you break that down a little bit more for us when, when you say that we're selfish? Uh, because when people are out there, they're trying to get something for themselves, I guess, in a sense. It's inherently selfish. But what do you mean by that? Sure. Selfish in the sense that when people look at relationships, They're not looking at relationships in a sense of, you know, what do I have to offer? What can I bring? What is going to make a relationship successful that I possess? And that's what I mean by selfish. They're thinking in a sense of, 
I am tired of being alone, so I want somebody to fulfill that need. I don't want to go to bed at night and have an empty bed, so I want to fulfill that need. I want to have a sexual partner, so I want to fulfill that need. I want, I want, I want, I want. We can go on for days, but the reality of it is this. Relationships, it is something that takes two people, two or more people for one. But when we are talking about being in a relationship and you just want it to be two people, you're talking about two different personalities coming together. And in order for you to come together with someone else, you have to understand what you bring to the table. And it cannot be a selfish need. It cannot be a need of, you know, um, I want this because of that. It has to be a, a situation of I want to be in a relationship because I have something to offer somebody and we can share a lifetime together that is going to birth and nurture children who can offer that to, for generations to come. What about That's the people what it who should don't be want about. children? How about the people who if don't If they don't want, want children, then they could be a relationship that they can enjoy life together, you know, until death does them part. Or if they don't want uh, marriage until, you know, they both pass away. You don't have to be in marriage. You know, not everybody wants that. I don't believe in, you know, taking my personal views and pushing it over on people. But definitely if you want a relationship, it starts with what do you have to offer? If you go to a job interview, you're interviewing for that job. Well, the same thing is for dating. You don't go to the to the interview until the person you're interviewing, you know what, I want this job because I'm tired of not being able to pay my bills. I want this job because I'm sick and tired of being by myself at home while everybody else is off working. You don't do that. You go in there and you sell yourself, and you know what qualities, or you should know what qualities and skill sets that you bring to the table and that's what you bring. But we get into relationships and we just say we want this, but we don't even know what we're coming to bring it to the table. And that's what it boils down to is that you have to know yourself first because if you don't know yourself, you know, what do you have to bring to the relationship? And so relationship is give and take. And so if you don't know what you have to give, then you're going to be in a very hard situation because one person is giving, 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 but you don't even know what you can give to that person. So you're just kind of like um, coming off the top of your head with what you can give, and you're reacting to the person. So I always say a dating plan is important. It's no different from having a plan when it comes to your career, having a plan when it comes to your your educational goals, or having a plan when it comes to whatever your life goals are. And so we don't have a dating plan. And we get in there, and then we just have at it. And we start demonstrating behavior that may be right or wrong based upon what we've learned from the people around us and the community around us and the media, and then we wonder why the relationships don't work. Okay, so let's let's delve into that a little bit, too, because earlier you mentioned in courting in the past, and you mentioned some grandparents on how – it was sort of like a family affair. Uh, yet two, two individuals met, 
but at some point they involve their families. Uh, there's even arranged uh, marriages. Now, statistically, we have data that shows that people who are in arranged marriages tend to be a lot more successful than people who fall in love. So people who have arranged marriages tend to be more successful, and success here is not getting a divorce uh, and being happy with, with their relationship. I've heard it mentioned that, well, even in arranged marriages, we may not necessarily have loved each other when the marriage was arranged, but we work towards building up a relationship with one another, and over time, love develops. Now, the reason why that's germane to me is because when I hear people speak about love, they often talk about falling in love. It's almost as if they were walking and there was a hole called love and they fell in it. And if it was a man that fell in the hole, it just, well, <laughs> no pun intended on that. Just want everybody to know. But when the, when the man falls into this hole, with this, there's this woman waiting on it. When a woman falls into this hole, there's a man waiting on her, and somehow they, they're they together, right? But then is that what love is about, is falling into love, or is there more determination, more purpose in love? Have we cheapened love by saying, oh, no, you just fall in, it's almost as if you run into someone by accident and it just so happens that Cupid shot his arrow and it just angled into the two of you at that moment? Or do we choose? Or do we choose love, and or should we choose love? Well, you know, once again, I'm probably going to get myself um, to the point where people are not going to like what I have to say. But I, I will say I this. <laughs> I will say this um, that people are falling into what they perceive is love. And I've been guilty of it myself until I had to take a step back and really look at this thing and say, you know what, it takes more than just, quote, unquote, falling into love. Love is actually a choice. And Uh you have choices. And when you decide on what choices you want to obtain love, then you go after it. And so to kind of go backwards to hit on what you were talking about, about arranged marriages and courtship, once again, I don't find there's anything wrong with courtship or arranged marriages. What I will say is that people who have arranged marriages, those marriages tend to be successful. I agree with that. I do not believe that the number is as high when it comes to them being happy in those relationships. Now, that is something that I, I mean, I've looked into the whole arranged marriage things. I do believe that people can be happy. I do believe that people are happy, uh, but I do not believe the number is as high when it comes to arranged marriages. And the reason why is there are a number of different people 
who are forced into arranged marriages. Um, so, you know, I would just have to, I just wanted to put that out there. But I do believe that arranged marriages and courtship, they do work. I just don't believe that we have the type of, how could I say this? I don't believe that we have the type of structure that once was in place in our in today's society in America to to actually cultivate the type of arranged marriages and fixed marriages um that were once successful that came here in America. Okay, well let's talk about that because uh, we know that parents are our children's first and we're told that they should be our children's primary teacher. We also know that there's only about 30%, uh, particularly of African-American homes, that there is marriage, and it's less than 50% of American homes in general where people are married. And and somebody can fact-check me on that. Google it real quick for me. It's been a while since I've checked it. And I guess what I'm asking is, do people really know what relationship is, what dating is, what courting is? Do they know what marriage is? In other words, if you're brought up in a circumstance where maybe you have a single parent, be it male or female, and they've been single all your life, and you haven't really seen them dating, you haven't seen the interaction of a healthy uh, relationship, marriage, or any type of uh, passion-type relationship, how do those folks know how to be in a relationship once they become adults if they haven't seen that model before them? And, you know, Rodney, you just brought up one of the main reasons why Back to Eden is so important. There is nothing, there has not been um, a model that has been out there when it comes to dating, um, there's no longer a model of courtship that is out there. That pe- people, you know, that was a question that I posted in our Facebook group. What is dating to you? That was one of the first questions I posted when I started the group. And people came up with all these different ideas. Some people didn't know what dating really was. Some people didn't understand or even know what courtship was. And so that was the reason why Back to Eden was created, for us to begin to have these conversations. And you're absolutely right. There are so many of us who come from homes that did not have relationships or there were broken relationships. Now, I never see that as an excuse to not have a good relationship because there are so many different examples that are around us. And one of the things that I will say, and I've always said, is I'm a village child. I was raised by the people within my community who influenced me. And I had plenty of examples, even though my mother, you know, she didn't, you know, stay with her husband that she was married to. But I had plenty of examples within my family, outside of my family, within my school life. And, you know, even to this day, I have people that I look to you know, for advice or for, you know, uh, counseling or just a second, you know, ear to hear. And they've been in relationships. They've been married. You know, they've they've had successful um, dating experiences. And I look to them to get certain advice. 
And so that's what I would encourage other people to do. The other option, there's me. I'm a dating coach. And what I offer people is, you know, another look at dating. Now, I don't deal with marriage as much. I do have some people that I talk to about marriage, but I definitely concentrate on dating and what that looks within a marriage. But I definitely date, uh, uh, look to people and talk to people about the dating experience and talk about and define what dating is. Some people say, oh, yeah, I date, and really they're not dating. Um, they're looking They're looking for courtship because they're looking for marriage. You know, so maybe they're doing a different type of dating and stuff. So I really do try and define that with people and talk to them about it so they can understand what dating is. And so we have to get the word out there. And and here's the thing, because I heard you talking about some very important topics before we got to talking about back to Eden. And for those for those who are out there who are listening, who are they may be wondering why you selected dating when we have all these serious subjects that are going on, all these people who are black and brown skinned people all around the world, not just in the U.S., who are being killed, you know, um, who are being, you know, their 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 countries are being torn down. You know, when I think of Haiti, when I think of, you know, Africa, when I think about Brazil, when I think about all these places where black and brown people are at, we're suffering. And one of the biggest problems that we have, and one reason why I started Back to Eden, is because I believe one way that we can start fighting some of the issues that we have is to getting our family units back together. When you we'll split the family again, up, <laughs> when you, if we can fight within this nation, we have to get our families back together. We have fell into. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, it's it, you know, it's it's very, and, and a lot of people they don't want that commitment, but it's very important. It's very very important because there is this, you know, and I don't want to go too deep, but I will say there is this divide and conquer type of how can I put? There's this divide and conquer type of effect that is going on within the black community. And it was utilized here in America. It was utilized all over the you know the world, and it has caused us to be separated. And when you take and you separate the family unit, when you divide the father, the mother, the children, none of those units are getting along, and you have them by themselves, then you can conquer that community or that people. And so that is why... Although this is a lighter subject on the surface, when you look deep down inside, it's actually a lot more to it than what you think. So I commend you for asking me to be on the show. I thank you for it because this is a serious subject, and we should no longer take it lightly. You know, we should be thinking about how we can come together and have these family units, however you want to define that family unit, to make our communities better so we can have that structure that we've been missing. So oh, wow. I will that say was, that. Uh, that was some powerful commentary. I just want to take a quick station ID break. This is Rodney Smith on behalf of my co-host, Mrs. Angela Thomas, who's 
uh, on remote location today. This is Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live comes to you every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. That will be 3.30 p.m. for our East Coast listeners. And today on the show, we have Sister Mary Anderson, who is a dating coach and owner of Back to Eden. And what we're talking about is relationships and dating in the 21st century. And she just dropped a jewel on us and said that some people may think this is a light topic, but many of the problems that we have might be, or she says, is directly related to our relationship status, the success of our relationship. And we're not just talking about marriage because marriage may be, if we're looking at a pyramid or hierarchy, maybe it's at the tip, but there's a lot of stuff that supports that marriage. And she's suggesting that if we don't get that together, then that makes us a easier people to be conquered. Now, how many of you were expecting to hear that on a relationship show today? All right. So, as they say, back to the show. Uh, <laughs> Sister Barry, since you dropping those huge diamonds and rubies on us like that, and I, and I appreciate you sharing. What's been some of the hot topics that, well, first of all, you, you earlier asked me about some myths. What myths have you discovered that you had that since you've gotten involved into this, you realize that that's just what they are. Myths, but not necessarily true. Maybe just a couple, if, if you have. Sure. Thank you for asking. And um, you're all up in my business today, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. So some of the, I think the greatest um, myths that I've seen have been about some of the most precious people that I have grown to love, and that is our black men. The myth that black men are not family men, the myth that black men want to cheat, that they they are cheaters, the myth that they do not take care of their children, the myth that they do not love black women. I think I'll leave it right there. Hey, we wouldn't have enough time on the show for any more. Matter of fact, each one of those might Hey, I'm, I'm going to put it out there now. If your schedule will allow, we can talk about this offline, but we may need you to come back so we can address some of those myths that you have discovered were just that, myths and not facts. You know, I would and, love to come back and bring some people with me who can help to speak against those myths. Now, how how did it impact you, though? And, and you could pick, pick the myth that you discovered was a myth. How did it impact you and your behavior and your outlook on dating once you realized that, hey, this stuff that I've been hearing and me and the girls been talking about and I see on TV isn't true? What difference did it make in you? It changed me. It changed my the way that I interacted with black men. It changed the way that um, I reacted to the way they would say things or do things and it made me love them even more and it allowed me to be the woman that they need me to be 
for them to be successful. That was the, I think that was probably the biggest change that I noticed. And, you know, I find that as women, we look at men and we think of them to be something that they're not. And the one thing that I've learned since, you know, doing Back to Eden and interacting with all these different people, my focus was on black women when I first started it. But the reason why I had to open it up is because I would get all these questions and all these people who were men coming to me um, saying, you know what, I love this woman, but I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. And I got to see a sensitive side of men that men don't show and they don't talk about. And I got to hear the stories and I got to hear why they shut down and why they don't want to talk and why they left or why they feel like, you know, black women don't listen or why they felt like we talked too much or why they felt that, you know, we were being too aggressive or why they feel discounted because maybe the black woman can get a job in America, but it's even harder for that black man to get that same job in America and to be able to take care of his family. So it was just all these things that start coming up, you know, even hearing them about their sexuality and how they understood that this woman didn't want them because of their sexuality, and they felt neglected or they felt less than a man or, you know, some of the – you know, within the black community, we have this way of talking to each other. Sometimes people call it the Joneses or, you know, having the, 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 the quickest comment to, you know, to a reaction of how somebody's coming at you or what you think somebody is coming at you. And it's hurtful. It's very hurtful. And it made me start choosing my words a little bit better. And it made me start thinking about what I could do so I would never be in that same position. And I really learned, you know, because I have to say this, we have been dehumanized as a black people. We don't even look at ourselves sometimes as being a human. Every time we think about relationships, we have to put a classification on it, black relationships. Well, I'm just in a relationship. I'm not in a black relationship. I'm in a relationship. When you put that black on there, then to me, I think that that takes away from who you are, and it puts some stereotypes and it puts some stigmatism to it. And so I don't like it. I don't like to be called a strong black woman. I'm a woman. Uh-oh, uh-oh. They're coming at you. They're going to take that card, and you might you may have just gone too far. Look, I'm a woman. And guess what? As a woman, yes, I have the ability to be strong just like any other race. But just like any other race of women or women that are out there, I need to be held. I need to be comforted. I need to be able to know that I don't have the answers to everything, and I have a man's support to be able to be my strength where I am weak. I understand it's okay that I don't have to be the mammy and take care of everybody. That's why I don't like to be called a strong black woman. I'm Mary. 
I, it's okay. okay to say, oh, you're good at what you do. But I'm not a strong black woman. I'm just Mary because that's well, saying okay, I'm not just, human. Okay, just Mary. Names <laughs> are important. And what has, uh, when you talk to your sister, and this is, okay. you know, I, I, I'm, I want you to protect your car, though, because I, w- I want to get into the sister, the sisterhood and talk about some sister too. And okay. What what do women actually think the strong black woman is, and do they see it as a positive, a negative, or are they just ambivalent on the term, and they just assume that they are? So you know, I what, think. What do the women say when you guys are doing your woman talk? When you go out for your your a monthly woman gathering and your circle and you got the the, the bonfire you're going with effigies of, of men. What what are you ladies talking about on this whole thing about the strong, independent black woman? Is there a bunch of chants? Is everybody's holding hands and circling the bonfire uh, saying, strong, independent black woman, hear my roar? As the feminists used to do back in the day, I believe was Helen Reddy. Or are some people lamenting the strong, independent black woman moniker now? Is it being seen differently than maybe how it was originally intended to be seen? You know, I think it's a pretty mixed view on um, the strong black woman um, syndrome and where it came from and um, how it's being used. There are some women who embrace that title. They enjoy that title. And um, they believe that that's what they need. And that's fine. Um, There are some women who do not care for it at all and believe that, you know, it doesn't allow people to be human. And there's even a study that was out there, and it was a group of black people who were talking about it, that that syndrome actually uh, has caused some clinical issues. (laughs) <laughs> you know, with not allowing the black woman to just be themselves and just be human and make mistakes and not having to hold it all in inside all the time, you know. And so they talked about some medical issues that, you know, typically a lot of people have to deal with because they had never had that chance to voice, you know, being depressed or, you know, not feeling like you have the support that you needed and stuff like that. So I think it's a pretty mixed view uh, around the world um, about how people feel about that. And I also believe, depending on which culture, because I don't want to just talk about America, because if you go to some places where there there have been women who have been um, held back, so there are places Okay, let me use Liberia as an example. Liberia, West Africa, you have a woman who is the president, Ellen Johnson Sirleaf. And when you're talking about a culture of people where predominantly over 70% of the people there are illiterate, and a great deal of those people who are illiterate are women, and you have somebody such as herself who comes up, then you have a huge group of people who champion women and being strong and, you know, coming up and things like that. So in that part of the world, it may be seen as something that needs to be done, especially if you're talking about 
um, uh, female uh, circumcision and things like that. They may champion that, and they have their reasons that's behind that. Then when you come over here to America in this day and age, where you have a lot of women, in particularly black women, who are the head of the household, who are working maybe uh, 40-plus hours a week, who are breadwinners, who have great careers, who seem to have it all, but are missing one of the most important things that life has to offer is someone to share it with, then maybe they're looking at it from a different perspective. So I think each individual looks at it from their perspective of their own personal experiences that they're dealing with in their life, and that's going to determine whether or not they like that title of strong black woman. But I do see it as a negative term because I see that it comes from this whole divide and conquer thing, me personally, where you take the black man and he doesn't have to have any accountability. He can be whoever he wants to be. He doesn't have to do certain things, but the black woman, you have to be accountable for everybody. You have to take care of everybody. You have to nurture everybody. You have to feed everybody, whether they're your children or not. Doesn't that sound a little bit familiar to you, Brother brothers Rodney? Uh, yes, it does. So when you think about that, then, you know, and where that comes from, that's part of the reason why I don't like it. Now, I can't answer about how everybody else feels. Mm-hmm. Got gotcha. you. Well, Sister Mary, we actually have a caller online. I have, uh, we're talking with Sister Mary Anderson from Back to Eden. She's a relationship coach, and it's her business on relationships, not necessarily marriage, but relationships, dating, courting. How do we get along? And she's made some very interesting comments. She mentioned that uh, dating is important to our survival as a people. And that's that's one that I'm going to take with me as we continue this conversation and, and as we move on. So I do have uh, Jamie on the line, and Jamie has a, a boyfriend question. Go ahead, Jamie. Welcome to Our Own Voices Live. Hi, how are you? Doing great. Doing how pretty you? good. How are you? Very good. Um I have a question. I've been with my boyfriend now for going on three years, and uh, we're thinking about getting married. And there's been a problem recently um, in in just with sort of bedroom activity in that he can't perform. And I'm fine with it, but it's really affecting him, and it's beginning as a result to affect the relationship. Okay. And so your question specifically is? Well, I just want to know, he's, I mean, he's here with me. He's, he's, he's apprehensive about, about coming on the line because it is upsetting for him. But I guess I want to know, is this advice, like, towards working, advice on working through it? Because he, like, he keeps telling me the thing he keeps repeating. He's like, it's gone, it's gone. That feeling I have is gone it's not there anymore. I love you, but it's like I feel like it's gone. It's gone. 
And that troubles me that he feels like that. I, I need to know how to sort of deal with that. Hmm. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening to the show, Jamie, and for calling in. Mary, you want to take a... Can I put him on right briefly? Uh, well, yeah, we got about 30 seconds. Here, I'll just, just real quick, he's here, and go ahead. There's nothing there! Okay. Well, thank you for your call, uh, Jamie, and uh, we're going to go ahead and take the next call as we uh, move on to the Well, Sister Mary, I don't know if you do that type of thing because it actually can get into the medical realm, but I, I guess I would want to know, people have relationships today, and due to health reasons, there's all types of impediments that that can, well, impair relationships, whether it's uh, physical, uh, a lack of uh, physical prowess in the bedroom, so to speak, uh, that oftentimes can be associated with mental issues and other things. And we're told that uh, America is, in many ways, most Americans have mental illness, and it can affect us in other ways. What have your experiences been with how our health affects our relationships? You know, um, I think that is one of the biggest reasons why before you get into a relationship, you really have to look at yourself and know some things about yourself. And knowing your mental, emotional, and physical health is very important. You know, unfortunately, you know, I would not go into details over the phone um, with Jamie about what they brought up. I think it's very important to have a private conversation and then make some decisions on, you know, talking about are there people out there who could better help Jamie um, than possibly myself, and that may be a sex therapist. And so, you know, when it comes to sexual compatibility and things like that, communication is very important. There's a number of different things that can get in the way of sexual compatibility. Some of that are physical things. Some of that, some of those things are emotional. Some of those things could be spiritual. So without having a lot of information, you can't really pinpoint. But what I will say is, that is why it's very important to understand each one of those categories before you move on into a relationship and why we focus on looking into knowing yourself before you're prepared for a relationship. So thank you, Jamie, okay. for calling in. You know, I, I want to – I was at a uh, – we have our Friday gathering every, fr- every Friday, uh, rain or shine, holiday or not. We have a group of people that come together from the community, various backgrounds, and they talk about things. And on this particular Friday, we had a woman who came to the gathering, and she was coming from, uh, it's not called child court, but it, it, it's uh, there's, there's a type of court for, for young people. And she was representing girls, juvenile, there we go, juvenile mm-hmm. court. And she was representing some girls. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it 
struck me then when I heard it, so much so that that's been at least a couple of years ago and it's still with me. And she said that a lot of the young women, or young women to be, because technically they were under, you know, they were under 18, so they were still children, were pregnant. And she says that when she spoke to them about why they were pregnant, that they mentioned that they wanted someone to love them. And I thought about that, and I said, well, if they have that attitude at that age, what attitude would they have as adults? And sometimes do we, because they were seeking love, but they were getting the eros type of love, the physical love. And Mm -hmm. how many of our people are wanting love but are substituting it with Eros love and really are doesn't make any difference how much Eros love they get because they're not getting the love that they want, a more agape love that they're unhappy. Are you running into any of that and how does that base the decision that uh, some of the folks, male and female are making? Right. Well, um, once again, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to something that you stated earlier, and I actually didn't answer your question. You asked the question about how I came up with the name, Back to Eden, and um, we are not by any chance a you know a spiritual organization, or do we have a preferred uh, spiritual you know religion that we associate with. However, right. the name Back to Eden is based upon the story of the Garden of Eden. And during the Garden of Eden, it was a place where before Eve, many people know the story, before Eve came on the scene, Adam was whole. He he had named all the beasts in the field. He had a relationship with who he felt was, who you know, who was the creator. And that's what made things, you know, very important. Before he got to the point where he invited anyone else into his life, before Eve came on the scene, he was whole. And I think that's very important. A lot of times you have people who are trying to have relationships, and this goes back to back to Eden, why we focus on yourself first. You have people who are broken. You have people who are hurting. You have people who have not dealt with their past pain and they're trying to go into relationships, and they're not ready. They're not ready for a relationship. Now, I can't tell people that, but I can see it. They're not ready. And until you get to the point where you deal with some of the past pain, some of the past hurt, and then be able to get over that and then identify some things that are positive traits that you need in order to be in a relationship and what you can bring to a relationship – you will always have that ugly cycle. Now, speaking of these young ladies who were in juvenile um, juvenile, juvenile um, detention, our mm-hmm. boarding juvenile school. Court. Mm-hmm. Oh, in juvenile court. You know, it's so typical. It's so typical. That's why I can see Back to Eden not just being something that we look at from the dating perspective, but reaching out to those young ladies and reaching out to the, those young men who look for 
you know, the type of love that you're talking about, the eros and the agape love and the adophilia type of love that's out there. There's different types of love love right. that's out there. You know, and really saying before you get to the point, and we actually do offer wa- workshops, you have to start looking at yourself. And the reason why it's so important to concentrate on yourself is because there's something called the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. It gets me when people say, I want somebody who is trustworthy, but they're not trustworthy themselves. Somebody says, I want somebody who is a ten, but they're a five. I want somebody who's confident, but they're not confident. When you put positive energy out there, when you put out there what you want, that's what you will get back in return. And so sometimes when you're in a relationship or you're finding yourself in a relationship where you're getting the same results, then it's time to change the cycle and start looking at what can I do myself. And you'll always hear me say this, and people get mad at me all the time because sometimes I call them out and say, you know what, I don't care what the other person did. What can you do yourself to change the situation, to get the type of relationship that you're looking for? What is it that I can do differently to get a better relationship? And that's what them young ladies have to do. You know, if they're dealing with, well, I never had a father, I never knew what it meant to be a father, I never saw what it meant to have uh, to know what a, a, a husband and a wife or a marriage looks like, then the first step I would say, and I would coach them through this, is say, we need to identify a couple that you know that has been married that you can work with so you can start looking at what it means to have a successful marriage. Because we have to dispel, we have to dismiss all of the myths that you have in your head about what a happy relationship looks like. And when you begin to sit down with that couple and talk to that couple, they will, you know, if they're going to be open and honest with you, they will share with you the good times, the bad times, and the times that they wanted to give up. But they stayed. Well, you know, I I got a couple questions to spin off on that one. But before we get to my question, we have Brother Lee Vaughn on the line, and he has, he's been listening in, and he has something for us. Welcome to the show, Brother Lee. How are you? Dating sucks. Hashtag. (laughs) Exclamation point. (laughs) Honestly, I I appreciate the different levels of the system, to be honest with you. And good afternoon to you, sister. To be honest to you, uh, with you, uh, I think most people don't understand that there are different levels in, in dating. Dating should be a process. It should, depending on what you want from it. If you're just casually dating, as, you, as, you, as the young lady said, because uh, I know she's only about 20, 21, um, you should be in it to enjoy it. It should. You shouldn't be putting extra stress or pressure on yourself or extra stress or, or pressure on someone else who really isn't worthy or ready to go to the level of serious or exclusive dating and beyond to courting and then beyond to marriage. Everyone does not want to get married. Rodney, I understand how strongly you feel about that, 
but it's the truth. Everyone does not want to marriage is not for everyone. Everyone doesn't want to do it. And that's because most a lot of people have seen nothing but negative imagery as in regards to marriage. And that's okay. You know, you can be in long, healthy, happy, vibrant, long-term relationships. You can do that. And they just be as strong, just as committed as actual marriage. Um, so I, I, I applaud that. And I, 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 I appreciate you all for having this vision. It's just you for writing the book and building your business around that because a lot of folks are, are missing that, I, I truly believe, and, and, and I hope they're truly missing that you don't have to go all in with everybody. To, you know, So they're always on the uh, emotional roller coaster. Oh, girl, I'm great. Oh, girl, oh, my God, we broke up. Oh, girl, I'm great. Oh, my God, we broke up. And, and the other part is, of it is, and I truly appreciate it, that no matter what that other person does, in some form, fashion, way, you had something to do with that. You know what I'm saying? Now, that is applicable more often than not. There are some people that are just bad people no matter what. You know what I'm saying? But even then, you had something to do with that because you chose to be with an idiot, uh, be it a male or a female. doesn't matter. Um, but there are some people who are just, just downright dirty and down low. They're going to do whatever they want to do, whatever they want to do it with whomever or whatever they want to do it with. There's some people you will never stop that. But for most people, as a manager, I, I believe in the human spirit, and the human spirit dictates that most people are going to do right unless you give them a reason to do wrong. You know, and uh, there are a lot of people who do not have a loose tongue and are able to voice what you've done wrong to them and how it's affects them. That is that is a deficiency within them. But until someone comes along and teaches them how to fix that deficiency, they will always have it. Nor can you expect everyone to be on the level uh, uh, as you are with your ability to be expressive of your feelings and your wants and your desires. So it, it's, a, it's a thing of really communicating with one another to one another for the betterment of the unit, and I think a lot of people just don't do that. Well, Sister Mary, Brother Lee brought up quite a few points, but let's get, let's yes, get he into did. that communication uh, piece and then jump off on what you want to jump off on with it. But, you know, communication, people you know, people are talking every day. You know, we all just about mm. have cell phones, so there's a whole lot of communication going on. But no. this may be the right type of communication for their situation. Are people talking with one another or are they talking more at one another? Are they talking to gain understanding or are they talking just to push their point of view? And you can take this whenever you like. Okay. Well, first let me say thank you, Levon, um, and I hope I said your name correctly for calling in. And um, I would love to have further discussion with you because you started out by saying dating sucks. <laughs> so <laughs> I would love for you to go on Facebook, if you're on Facebook, and look up Back to Eden and like our page so I can reach out to you. Um, and you can look for our group as well, Back to Eden, and I will look for you and I will have a conversation offline with you about why dating does not suck. But to answer your question, <laughs> You know, 
and actually, Rodney, clarify for me the question that you would actually want me to answer, because I, I heard a statement, but I'm not quite sure what the question is. Well, in general, there's a whole lot of communication going on, or you would think there's a lot of talking, there's a lot of texting going on. But are people really communicating with one another or more so at one another? To answer that, of course, you know, I can't um, say the same is true for everybody, but generally speaking, what I have witnessed, that people are speaking for their points to be heard mm-hmm. and not for compromise or for understanding because a relationship is not about you. It's about us. And so when I hear people say things, well, I, well, I, or when you do this, you know, it it kind of makes me cringe. And recently I was talking to a married uh, uh, person and they had made comments of, well, we, I mean, uh, well, my child, and I thought, my child, well, you're married. You don't have your child. You should have been, you should be thinking from the standpoint of our child. And so that lets mm-hmm. me know that most people do think from the perspective of themselves. And it goes back to what I was talking about. People are selfish. Mm-hmm. And they have to look at that and say, you know what? When I'm talking about a relationship, I can no longer be selfish because I'm inviting a person in. And we are trying to establish something as one, as one body. And if you're trying to establish something as one body, then you can you have to throw out some of your ways to make room for this other person so you both can become that one, you know, entity and things like that. And I think that is a huge issue is that nobody wants to give. Men may think, it's true, men may think, oh, well, I'm the man. I have to lay down the law. And, you know, it's how you do it. The man is, you know, in my perspective, and other people may feel different, and and I'm okay with that. that. But I personally feel like the man is the head of the house. But the man does not have to come in the house and say, I want you to do this, I want you to do that. And he's not taking into uh, consideration that woman. A man that comes in the house and says, baby, can you make me a, a, a dinner because I'm really tired, you know, and I had a long day at work, and, you know, she's been at home, and she says, no problem. That's not an issue. But when a man says, I need you to make me dinner, and he's been at work and she's been at work, and he doesn't take in consideration that she might be tired too, that's where issues come up. Rodney, let, let me jump in. Sister, um, I think the problem is the bar has truly been lowered. It's been lowered to the plateau of independence when the greatest plateau, the highest plateau, is interdependency. So when you speak on compromise, yes. see that, that yes. C word? That C word is like a curse word to a lot of women. Um, men too now, men too, men too now, men too. Men and women both. I 
I will jump on us as well. Uh, let me finish though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mainly a lot of sisters because I, I I I almost exclusively um, deal with sisters. You know, that's a different story. That different time. But um, uh, that's my KFC and turkey story. But that's a different story for a different time. Uh, but men as well have problems with compromise as well because you're right. They do want to be the most dominant. In the relationship, and what they, what 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 so many want to do is beat the other to the punch. So I have to do it before you do it, or I have to be the most dominant because you ain't gonna run me over. And, and they say it like that in their mind: you ain't gonna run me over. Not you aren't. You ain't. And uh, or you know, I have to I have to get it before you get it, just in case you leave me. I got something. You know what I'm saying? So the the conflict is one of trust to be to be most honest with you. It's one of trust. And and we need to we need to get to a point we need to get to a point where we, we understand that it's okay. It's okay to trust one another. It's okay to have faith in one another. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what we are intended to do. We are intended to go at this thing as a unit, not as individuals. And until we get to that point where we can truly say and, and, and get that feeling of it's okay, we're never going. We're we're not going to get to that point, Rodney, where you want us to be, where we're we we are all in monogamous, uh, heterosexual relationships. That's Rodney's vision. Just that's that's his, that's the vision for utopia. <laughs> it's not right. going to happen. It's not going to happen. We are going to consistently clash, and we're going to get the results. That we get right now, which are Correct. Uh, a lot of broken situations, be it broken uh, co-parenting relationships, broken husband-wife relationship, broken boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, et cetera, et cetera, and, and, and which the resultant is broken children whom are going to repeatedly uh, go through the same cycle, unfortunately, until they see something different or until they say, you know, I'm sick of this, I want something different, which human nature is you go with the flow. You know, most people aren't just going to jump out the bubble and say, I want to do something different. Most people are not going to do that. There there are some that are, and those people are called leaders, but there are very few leaders and a whole heck of a lot of followers. So, you know, let's be honest about that situation. And, you know, you said something uh, that was very important, and you talked about interdependency. And that's something that I actually talked about in our group. I want to say it was either this week or last week. And I talked about so many people are coming into a relationship, and they're either too independent. And, and, you know, I talked about it because somebody said, oh, you look like this this guy, he had came up to me and he had said, oh, you look like one of those strong black women. And um, I said, I'm neither. I'm, you know, I'm the type of person who is looking for interdependency. And he said, what is that? And I had to explain it to him. I'm not too independent and I'm not um, too dependent, but I'm looking for interdependency within a relationship. And there is a difference. And, you know, from that point, he said, I like that, sister. Can I get your number? And I told him, no, I wasn't interested. <laughs> but, uh, well, why, would you be, if, why would you be if he didn't even know what interdependency was from the jump? Like, dude, no. <laughs> well, you know, I just, you know, um, that that's a whole other topic. But I did tell him no because I was just like, no. Um, I just, you know, I just I just wasn't there. But you, you're you so no right about the interdependency. 
Well, he was older, but I, I like mm. older men, though. I do like older men, so. Okay, I like older you know. See? See? Hey, we're on to something. We could talk. That's a whole we other show. Not making a love connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Y'all, take that. Y'all take that offline. Yeah, you take that offline. Well, okay, okay. But so, so here's the thing. When you're talking about interdependency and what that means and what that looks like, you know, years my grandparents they didn't have my that my grandmother she never worked she went to school to be a midwife she, she you know she volunteered and she did that but she never worked a day in her life mm-hmm. my grandfather he was the breadwinner he worked mm-hmm. for the you know uh for the railroad CSX and he retired from CSX and mm-hmm. after he passed away back in 1993 until my grandmother passed away when she was 99 in 2000 and what was that 2008 she was taken care of by him and there was true interdependency upon them she paid all the bills he took his paycheck and he gave it to her and he had enough faith and trust that she would do what she said she was going to do with it and what Ooh, she was supposed to do with it also <laughs> oh, you would bring home your paycheck you would bring your paycheck to a woman, and you you would allow her to pay all the bills. You know what? If the type of woman that I'm looking for is that type of woman, that is yeah. the type of woman that because that's a level of trust, it's a level of yep. responsibility, uh, respect even. That if I because let's face it, in society today, and the way it's been is that there's a high bar set for men. It is the man that is supposed to be the provider and the protector. So to a certain extent, when a man takes on a woman, he is saying that, first of all, I will put your life before my life. In other words, if I need to defend you with my life, I'm willing to do that. Now, that is not explicitly put on the woman like it is on the man. The man is also saying that, I will take you and I will provide for you for the rest of your life. Not the rest of my life, but the rest of her life. Meaning that even if he should meet his maker first, he should have set things up to make sure that she will be okay in his absence. That is not, again, explicitly put on a woman. So in actuality, that's a pretty high bar that is set for that man. So when he chooses that woman, if he's willing to die for her, well, I'd like to think he'd be willing to turn his check over to her with an expectation that things are going to take place as they have mutually agreed upon. So, yes, that is that is my type of woman. That is the one that, that, I would, that I'm willing to do all of those things for. She can have a check. And she can have a check even from the second job that she don't know about. And and, and sis, I, I, before you pounce on him, I'm going to agree with him, and I'll, I'll agree with him to a limit. I'm, I'm going to agree with him to a limit because the reality of life nowadays are, is are uh, in this day and time that is possible, but it's. It's not as likely as it once were. Times the 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 economics of the day 
have truly changed the ability for a household to operate with just one income is truly difficult uh, when you when you want to factor in a, a safe environment for yourself, a safe environment for your children, a uh, good environment, school environment, so on and so forth. It's very difficult to do that on one income. Not impossible, but very difficult to do that on one income. So while I truly uh, I agree with you and feel you on that, Rodney, and I do agree with you that when you pass on either way, you need to make sure things are set up that your family is taken care of so they're not struggling. You know, I don't think most people talk about insurance enough. I don't think most people talk about in-the-life benefits or whatever enough, to be honest with you, especially young folks. Man. People just, young folks just don't, ha- don't have those conversations like um, the older generations, the previous generations did. You know, I remember the insurance man. I, I remember mm-hmm. the insurance man coming to the house all the time. You know, that was commonplace. And he, I mean, he was on the whole block. <laughs> Levon, how, what, 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 what's your age, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 40. I'm 40. You're 40? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so I'm the um, the junior here in this conversation. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, so I remember the insurance man playing the whole block and, um, and, and just being there every week collecting collecting his money because that's what was done. Now I talk to so my peers about insurance, life insurance and stuff, they don't talk about this. They're like, yeah, I got to do my job. Okay, but what happens if you change jobs? If you lose your job, what happens to your life insurance? Is, is your is your is your life is that too much noise for you all? Can you even hear? It's, it's a little loud. Cowboy. It's a little loud. Hey, Lee, I, I did want to ask Sister Mary about. Um, uh, well, give her a chance to respond to my comment about the type of woman that uh, that I'm looking for. Uh, yes, I did say that I'm looking for that woman. Because if, I, if I've chose her, I've chose her because I'm willing to die for her, but I'm also willing to work the rest of my life for her. So I've set a high standard. There is a high standard set for me. So naturally, I have a high standard of the person that I'm going to do all of that for. I'm not going to die for anyone, and I'm not going to work the rest of my life or as much as I need to to provide for another individual if they're not, in a sense, worthy. So, Sister Mary, please feel free to jump in there while Lee is adjusting his ambient noise. <laughs> okay. Well, this is what I would say. I think in that there are a lot of men who are out there, and women just don't know that. And you all are kind of touching on a subject I was going to touch on in the group at a little later um, you know, date, but I was going to talk about, you know, men are willing to do, what are you willing to go into a relationship and sacrifice on behalf of that relationship? And one of those Ooh. things was... Sacrifice. sacrifice. Yes, sacrifice. And, you know, that sacrifice, what does that mean? What does that look like? And one of those things was based upon what I... I witnessed with my grandparents, my grandfather coming home. And actually that is a question that I do ask men if I'm getting to the point where I think that we're headed into a relationship status. And um, surprisingly, every single man I've ever asked has always stated 
they would not have a problem with giving over their paycheck and allowing me to take care of the bills while they, as long as they have their spending money and can do whatever they want to do. Now, that's ultimate trust uh, to me. I, I feel like that's ultimate trust. I commend you, Brother Rodney, uh, for that, and I commend you for what you were saying and what you brought up, the points that you brought up to say that I will take care of this woman even in my death. And that's why my grandmother never remarried. Of course, she was much older when she passed away, but my grandfather took care of her. He took care of her with his 401K retirement that he had, he she collected social security on his behalf and just like brother Levon stated she also he also made sure that there was insurance that he had out on himself that she so she collected quite a bit of money she collected more money than what most people make to this day um in his death because he looked out for her and he was not selfish he was not selfish, and he thought about her and his vows in his death and in his life. And so he took care of her while he was living, and he took care of her while he was dead. And he also took care of the rest of the family because we still have certain benefits through the railroad line because of what he did. And so even though he experienced racism because he was one of the first black men to work for the uh, the railroad and things like that, he understood he had to get past some of the stuff that he had to deal with because ultimately, eventually, it would take care of his family. So he stayed at his job, and he dealt with certain things, knowing that in the long run that it would benefit his family. And so he was a true man. And so I look for that same type of man that same that has that same type of caliber as my grandfather um and so so I definitely agree, and I think that women and men should start having these type of conversations uh like Levon was stating, and like you were stating because if men, women and men knew that what they would sacrifice for each other, maybe their guards would go down because there are a lot of trust issues that are there. People do not trust each other. People have given up. People have lost faith in the opposite sex, you know. And some people have, you know, just given up on relationships, period, and just said, I'm going to be by myself. Some people, I have heard so many people, and it's so sad to me, say, I'm okay with being by myself for the rest of my life, even though I would like to have a relationship. Yeah, that is sad. That is sad. You know, it is, and and, and they cannot comprehend or even tell me why they've given up. They can't tell me what they have done to even try and make things better, you know. And so I think that we really need to have more conversations about this and more things that are geared towards relationship and talking about what it means to date properly and how to find, you know, the right match for you. And I think if you do these things, eventually you will get to that point. Now, Levon, I have a question for you. You said you don't like to date. I, I have two questions for you as well. Go ahead, kick it. Okay. So my first question for you is, why do you feel that dating sucks? Well, first off, that was just me being uh, funny in my, in my okay. comedic way. But, no, dating sucks because 
uh, there was a young man that explained to me once, once upon a time, and, and to, in, in, in full disclosure, I'm, I am a host uh, and a part of Rodney's network work of shows. So in full disclosure, when I was stationed in Maxwell Air Force Base, Montgomery, Alabama, one of my friends, we were sitting around, we were talking. I was like, do you have a lot of women? He said, no, I don't. I said, yes, you do. Every time I see you, you're a different young lady. He said, bro, look, it takes 10 to get the one. I was like, what? He said, look, you got to start with 10. You start with 10, you start talking to 10 different women. Four or five of them are going to flake off of me. They're never going to call you. They're never going to call you back. You know, can make plans from here to the earth turns a rock solid cold. They'll never show up, so on and so forth. So you eliminate them. The ones that are remaining, you continue to talk to them. You'll figure out who's crazy. Sooner or later, you eliminate them. Then you're down to a good three or four. So you start to focus on that good three or four. Well, through that process, you figure out she's not ready or I'm not ready for her, so you dismiss one or two. So then you're down to two. By that time, you make a decision of which way you're going to go. But you have to start with ten. And, you know, I, I, it didn't make any sense to me until later on. I was like, yeah, you, you, you're kind of right. Because, but that is the dating process, though. That is what casual dating is really about in my mind. And um, I was like, I, it, it, I see it. And now dating, you know, it's, it's, it's a similar thing. Though I'm 40, I, I enjoy the company of a woman that tends to be older than me. I still run into the same stuff. You run, you run across people. They say, hey, I like you. Please keep in contact. Okay, cool. You call. They never call back. You text. They never text back. Whatever. And, and, then you go, and then you go through that again. Okay. So you, okay. you go through that poor deal and, and, that, and, that, and that's that. But, yeah. but my question for you were very quick. Um, first off, your grandfather, was he the more attractive young man or was he the not-so-attractive young man to your grandmother? <laughs> Great question. Great question. She, did, she, never never said that that he, he, she never said that he wasn't attractive. She said, and, and I will quote her, she said that there was one gentleman that was fine as wine, mm-hmm. and there was another gentleman, he was a handsome young man. My uh, grandfather was that handsome young man. Young man, I got you, got you, got you. Got you. Okay, I, fi- I kind of figured that because you never really came back, so you circumvented it a little bit. So I was like, yeah, that probably was uh, whom your your grandfather, uh, your great grandfather, chose for her. Um, and, and you know what? More importantly, this is a thing to to note because she did tell me this. She, my grandfather, the person that my grandfather chose for her happened to be my grandfather, but correct. the other gentleman who was fine as wine. He went on to marry another woman and another woman and another woman, and he mm-hmm. beat those women, and, you know, he just was a horrible person. And so the moral of the story, the reason why my grandmother shared the whole process with me is sometimes you think you know what's best for you because she said she would have chose the man that was fine as wine. That's but her grandfather true. looked at the qualities of the man, mm-hmm. and he knew her from childhood and what she needed, and he picked my grandfather, and my grandfather was Everything that she needed, wanted, and ever could have desired in a man. That's, so. that's it. So, you know, sometimes the rapper is not as important as the gift. Definitely. 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 You know, Sister Mary, I, that, that topic is going to be gotta go. when we talk. All right, Brother Lee. Hey, thank you so much for calling, Brother. We'll catch you on the flip side. And uh, good luck on your show next Saturday. All right. Take care. Peace. All right. Bye-bye. Uh, Sister Mary, I, I did want to say that 
I would love for us to chat uh, because that is, is a topic I want us to get into uh, a little bit more on maybe a future show is in the family's involvement with our mate selection, uh, good or bad, and then hopefully we'll get some people to, to share that. Uh, we do have a caller, and this is Brother Enrique, and he's going to share some of his thoughts with us. Welcome to Our Own Voices Live, Brother. Well, thank you. I appreciate being welcome on to the show. All right. Well, I guess, we have how are you? Sister Mary, the uh, relationship coach with Back to Eden. And uh, what would you like to share with our sister? Well, I, I just have, well, first of all, let me say good afternoon, Sister Mary. Good afternoon. And and my first question is, during uh, the courtship phase, what would you suggest as one of the principal foundations for having a successful courtship phase? Wait, say that again? I was saying, what would you suggest would be the principles or the foundation for building a successful courtship phase? The uh, proper courtship phase? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, That's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So for a proper courtship, traditionally the family is going to be very important. Um, If a man... Because traditionally, and see, that's a whole other show, if a woman decides she wants to court a man, because that is something that's been happening, but, you know, I'm unfamiliar with that. Um, But traditionally, if a man wants to court a woman, I think he does need to actually get to find out who in the family that he could go to to talk to and discuss, you know, um, courting this woman, and I'm coming from a traditional sense of courtship um, that we've been talking about on the phone. So if you want to court a woman, then you should get in contact with somebody within the family and sit down and just say, you know, I would love to court this person. My intentions are marriage, and I would like to get your blessings on this. I would like to talk to you about what that looks like and how I go about making that happen for your daughter, for your niece, for, you know, your for this young lady in your church, you know, for this person who is your your mentoring, whatever the case may be. I think that may be the first step. Uh when you decide that you're ready for marriage. Once you decide that, then the next step would be, okay, how is this courtship going to look like? I'm going to bring something else up. Is a dowry going to be a part of this situation? Okay? I'm glad you said that. (laughs) Okay. And why are you glad I said dowry? Well, because that would be more what I'm familiar with since uh, my background is African. And so it's a much more – it speaks to everything that you have been speaking about on the show – and so I have a much more traditional approach or mind state when it comes to the marriage phase and the courtship phase. 
Uh, well, what you're saying is absolutely right. Okay. But then, CK, I'm I'm liking you already more traditional. There, there I am. I had to deal with Brother Lee, the young, the young bull out there. But that's okay. That's that's my homie. Um, you know, we have about five minutes left on the show, Brother and CK. I want you to hold on to the line while I bring on another call because I want you to hear no problem, what her comment is. So stand by. Good afternoon. Welcome to Our Own Voices Live. This is. Sister Joyce on the line. Did you have a question or comment for us? Um, I do. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, so I have a comment. Um, I want to say that Mary, honey, you you hitting the head on the nail. You making me think about a whole lot of things about myself and things that I need to change as well because I do desire marriage. I do believe I have a lot to bring to the table, but for me, it's trying to pull out and understand how do I present or portray these things to men so that, you know, I get to where I want to go and I stop being in a situation where I'm trying to understand, well, why don't I have that yet? Why do these men keep telling me that, yeah, you your potential to be wife and I could see myself with you like that, but then they don't move forward. So I, I guess that's more of a question um, as well as a statement, me just giving you your props for what you're saying. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Joyce. I appreciate it. And I want to make sure I understand your question. You want to know why men are not moving forward with you uh, as far as marriage? Is that is that what you're asking? Exactly. You know, it's hard to say without going into further details and putting your business out there. You know, I could ask you further questions and things like that. But ultimately, what one thing, and I'm going to give you examples of some of the things that I would do as your dating coach. The first thing that I would do is I would sit down and talk to you about what you want in a relationship and things like that, what you bring to offer to the table. And I would talk about your past relationships that you've been in. And then I would ask you, to tell me what they have told you that maybe you were missing or that they needed that you didn't provide. See, dating is is one of those things you're not you're you're out there to find that one person. But to get to that one person, you may go through a lot of different people that you interact with to find that one person. So you have to go in there with the mind frame or the mindset of I'm not necessarily going to find that person that I'm going to marry or I'm going to settle with for the rest of my life the first go-round. But it will give me a chance to practice so when I do come across the right one, then we'll make it happen. So I would just say be encouraged and don't give up and don't worry about if you haven't found the right person because a lot of times what you'll find out, and I've said it from the beginning of the show, it may not even be you. Most of the time when relationships don't work out, if I go and I ask your exes why it didn't work out with you, maybe it points to something that's within them and not you, Joyce. And the other thing I would tell you is that's the joy of having a dating coach because you can get feedback from people about how you date. I would send you on a date with 
someone, and that date would be to get feedback about what you're doing and how you're dating. I may even say, do you have a number to one of your exes so I can call them and get feedback? And not just one, maybe one or two or three, because if there's something that's being said and it's continuous from one person to the next person, then maybe there's some truth in that. And maybe there's some things that come out that are consistent, and then we can start working on that and moving forward from that point uh, point, you know, on. But sometimes it's just they're not the right person for you or you're not the right person for them. So you have to understand that and you have to understand what type of person, and I call it a dating persona, that you want and that you need for your life, and you have to learn how to identify them. And I help people with that. Let's come up with a dating persona. Where does this man work? Where does this man live? Not saying that they have to make all this money, but what type of things do they like to do? And these are all going to be based upon your needs. And I'm not talking about wants. I'm talking about your needs. What are your needs? And so when my grandfather chose someone for my grandmother, he based it upon what she needed and what she would need for the rest of her life. And he did an excellent job doing it, and he struck gold when he chose my grandfather. So I would do the same thing with anybody else. I would say, let's take a look at the person. Let's find out who you are first, and then we can talk about what's going wrong. And maybe there's some things that you need to work on with choosing the type of person who's going to ask you for marriage. So it, it, it's I can't say any one given thing would be the answer until I would sit down with you and we would work through that together. Does that make sense? It does. It, it makes a lot of sense, yeah. But I'm just frustrated at this point because, as I said, I hear it a lot, but then they don't follow through. So I'm trying to figure out, okay, obviously I feel like it's evident that somewhere along the lines I'm doing something wrong. And But like you said, it may not be, but that's just how I feel at this point. Must be me. And you know what? I would love to sit down and talk to you, and if you hold the line, we'll get your number and everything like that, and we'll talk about a session where we can go over and um, really get down to the details about what some of those things are, because I would love to do that for you. Okay? All right. All right. Thank you so much for the call, Sister Joyce. Hang on there. We'll get that information from you shortly. Uh, We do have one more caller on the line. And our show is running a little long today, so let me just do a quick station ID. This is Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live comes here every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. normally until uh, 2 p.m. on the West Coast, and that would be uh, 3.30 p.m. on the East Coast. Uh, Our guest today is Sister, my sister, and this sister has been bringing the heat uh, today as the owner and life coach or owner and relationship coach for Back to Eden, Sister Mary Anderson. Sister Mary, we have one more caller that we're going to try to squeeze in on here, and uh, this is Florida, and she has a question for you. Welcome to the show, Florida. Well, hello. Um, Just real quick. I'm in a relationship, been in a relationship for 13 years, but I'm to the point uh, now where I don't know if I want to end the relationship or stay in it. Just a little bit back story. I have two kids by a man. We've been together 13 years, and I'm not sure if he drinks. We have a perfect relationship except for the drinking. That's all. I don't know if I want to get back into that dating pool and have to introduce my kids to different people and all that. 
And it's so much more to it. But like I said, we have a good relationship except for the drinking. So your question is, what should you do? What should what should I do? I've been asking a bunch of different people, so I I really don't know what to do. I don't. I'm confused. Okay. Um, first off, I would say, you know, to you, um, hats off to you for 13 years of being with someone and you know having children and sticking with that person and things like that. Um, when it comes to things such as substance abuse or alcohol abuse, my first thing that I would always say is try and seek help. But that person has to want to seek help for themselves. If the children are in danger, then, you know, you definitely have to make some decisions, and only you can make those decisions for yourself. Nobody else Mm -hmm. can. But if you feel the children are in danger, then definitely you're going to want to make some decisions to protect your children. But as far as the person goes, I would definitely try and seek help for that person and have a discussion with that person about how to seek help. Um, And then really setting some goals towards what it will look like for a future for both of you all. And that meaning either controlling the alcohol or being alcohol-free. And, you know, ultimately – you two have to come together and have that serious discussion. It's going to be very important for you to be supportive of him. It's going to be very important for you to support him. And it's also going to be very important for him to even figure out why alcohol would even take a precedence over you, your children, as well as himself. So when people go to Alcohol Anonymous, they have to find out what it is that is causing them to choose this drug or this alcohol over everything else in their life. And there's something that he's dealing with that's causing him to continue to go back to alcohol and choose alcohol and use that as a method to deal with the situations that he's dealing with in his life. And it may have nothing to do with you. But if you could get and pinpoint whatever that is, you have possibly the best type of relationship that anyone could ever desire in their life. Don't give up on them, but once again, if you have to make a decision on the betterment of your children as well as yourself to protect yourself, then do it. But don't give up trying to continue to encourage him, and you ultimately make the best decision. Once again, if you would like to stay in contact with me, um, leave your number. We can talk about that in better detail. Okay, thank you so much, Mary. You're welcome. All right. Well, thank you, Florida, for the call. Brother NCK, thank you so much for your call and sharing of your time and your wisdom with us today. Of course, Sister Joyce, who was on the line earlier, a big shout out for her for sharing some very intimate details. And I, and I say intimate because when we're talking about relationship, we're talking about feelings, we're talking about emotions. That's oftentimes exposing our inner selves to others. And a big shout-out to you, uh, Sister Joyce, for doing that. Also, Brother Levon was one of our callers today, and he spent some time with us, and uh, he brought a different flavor to it, as he does with his show called uh, Real Radio, Radio Established to Address Life. It comes every Saturday morning at 11 o'clock East Coast time. Well, Sister Mary, our time is just about up. Please give the folks your 
your Facebook page or your whatever contact information you would like to share with them so that those that you would like to dialogue with uh, offline, uh, you all can do so? Sure. Um, First of all, thank you for allowing me to be on the show. It has been a pleasure, and I loved every minute of it. And thank you for all the callers who called in. Um, If anyone would like to get in contact with me, feel free to give me a call at area code 612-354-6807. That again. That number again is 612-354-6807. On Facebook, feel free to go and search back the number two in Eden, E-D-E-N, back to Eden. We have a page um, as well as a group. So if you search either one of them, you'll find us, uh, the page or the group, and I would be more than happy to link up with you and connect with you and provide dating and coaching services. Um, anything else, Rodney? Uh, give it to them one more time, just in case it was a little slow getting the pen to work and finding some paper. Sure. They can reach me at telephone number 612-354-6807. That number again is 612-354-6807. And they can also find me on Facebook, and they have to search Back, the number two, Eden. So back to Eden. And we have a Facebook page as well as a Facebook group. We do have a website. However, it's not completed yet, so I don't want to give that out quite yet. Okay. Well, Sister Mary, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, Thank you for sharing your Facebook page with us, uh, being willing to share with uh, the, the callers and the sheriff, our many listeners. I hope that this can be... Uh, happen on a somewhat recurring basis, and you and I can talk offline about that. I do agree with you that relationships, and I know people say, especially in the black community, that economics is the number one thing that we need to improve. It's at the top. And I do differ with them, and I say, no, economics is number two. The first thing is we have to improve the relationship between the man and the woman because that is the foundation of everything else. And if we don't do that, then nothing else will get us to where we need to be and we will always find ourselves falling apart. So thank you for sharing that uh, with us today. And I look forward to you uh, coming back on the show at a later time. Well, thank you for having me once again. It was a very great show, and I loved it. Appreciate it. Well, folks, there you heard it, uh, an an extended show, and I thank you all for your patience. I'm glad it was interesting enough for you to stay online. We were talking with Sister Mary Anderson of Back to Eden. She is the owner of Back to Eden, and she is also a relationship coach, and you can find her at on Facebook at that and the number two, Eden, back to Eden. And you can also get a hold of her by calling her, area code 612-354-6807, 612-354-6807. And before you get off of your social media, if you can, go do the search for back to Eden, and the two is the number two back to Eden, and go ahead and apply to 
join that uh, group, and the discussions there are quite interesting. And feel free to add your comment, your question, and join in with the fun as well as with the learning, uh, whether it's you as the teacher or as the student. I guarantee you at some point you'll probably be a little bit of both. So, everyone, you've been listening to Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live comes here every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. That's 3.30 p.m. for those of you back east. We will be back next Saturday, and next Saturday we should be talking about Bronze Town, and we're talking about Little Tokyo in L.A. that was originally called Bronze Town because that's where the black people were in L.A., believe it or not. That's before they got to Inglewood. That's before they got to South Central. And we're going to talk about the legacy of blacks in not only the founding of L.A., but also in the building of L.A. into what we know it as today. And if you all want to get an idea of it, just go to Little Tokyo and remember it was a black woman who founded that area. Well, until next time, I hope that you all have peace and that you all get a chance to experience some love until next week. And until then, big shout-out to my co-host, Mrs. Angela Thomas, who's on assignment. And you can follow us on Our Own Voices Live on Facebook and Our Own Voices on Twitter, YouTube, and pretty much Our Own Voices on every form of social media that I am aware of. Our Own Voices because we all have a voice, and it belongs to us. Thank you again, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.